Welcome back to another edition of Sports Business Secrets. My name is Kevin Tarka. I am the founder of Creation Talent Agency, and I will be releasing a new podcast every single day for an entire year that is specifically designed to share the inevitable challenges of the sports business world and how to overcome them. I'm inviting you to join me in real time on my personal journey of representing professional basketball players, traveling the world, and continuously finding ways to battle through the adversity in this competitive industry. The goal is to share as many secrets as I can to help you along your own path to success. Good morning. We have a great one today, my friends. Today we're talking about how overseas teams recruit. I've been giving some updates recently on the, uh, you know, exactly what I'm doing episodes. uh, And then obviously thrown in a little bit with the other episodes about how I'm, you know, constantly on the phone with these teams overseas and sending some intel um, and information and profiles to coaches. So what a perfect topic to dive into further and really just peel back the curtain uh, more than uh, you might know about what actually happens in those conversations and what teams are looking for. So <clears throat> I uh, I might I might have talked about a little bit of this stuff in in, uh, in episode 42 uh, that was titled Overseas Hoops 101 about, you know, what teams look for. Um, and there's definitely other episodes where I touch on it. But today I'm going to give a little more insight into exactly how those teams recruit, at least from my experience and perspective, uh, specifically in regards to some examples. I'm going to share some examples with you of coaches or GMs or sport directors of the types of messages that they send me, right? And then how that conversation gets started. So as always with the overseas life, everything is case by case and it really depends on the market, the team, the league, the decision makers title, uh, the budget, how much they know basketball, the import rules, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But um, there are definitely a few ways that teams get out the information about what they will need for next year. As I mentioned, uh, teams have been starting that process now, essentially. Some teams are, are still playing, obviously. So you might be thinking, well, don't they have a season to play? Well, yes. So some teams at the higher level, for example, EuroLeague level, have multiple people on staff. Some specifically hired uh, higher in-house scouts or some higher scouts that live in other countries. And literally their only job is to look for players that might fit their roster. Uh, one specific example of, let's just say, somebody that you can relate to if you've listened to the podcast with Avi Evan from Maccabi Tel Aviv, you know, one of his many responsibilities outside of player development is is recruiting as well. And, you know, he's always on the lookout for players that they can add to their roster. So sometimes they have them internally, sometimes they have them externally, and then sometimes they, you know, when you go down the level, they uh, they, they they don't necessarily have anybody outside the head coach that makes those decisions. So yeah, they, they wait till the end of the season. So um, obviously that also depends on like the moves that the front office will make the following year uh, at the highest level. Again, there are many multiple year deals. So sometimes they end up going a different direction with players. Sometimes players get bought out from other teams. Sometimes players and teams mutually decide they should part ways. Sometimes they players get cut and a buyout is paid. Um, or maybe not paid, and then it goes to arbitration. Uh, obviously, uh, it uh, sometimes gets messy. Sometimes their contracts expire, and they're just not extended. And so, um, you know, and, and then everything in between. And 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 some teams don't even have to worry about any of that stuff because they always have one-year deals typically. And uh, if you're at the entry level, that's that's very common. And so, based on that, it starts to form 
the free agency market. And as you can probably imagine, there are many more factors involved than there are here in the NBA. I mean, generally just speaking, because in the NBA, it's one league, it's one country, and everything is documented. The contracts are public. There are lists and trusted lists of free agency classes and whose contracts expire and who's on that free agent list. Uh, with overseas, it's just so difficult because there's essentially, and quite honestly, none of what I just listed for the NBA. There's no information that's public. Uh, so you can rely on a few articles or some journalists, some great, some not so great that share information. Someone tweets something uh, simply because sometimes an agent puts pressure on a journalist to tweet that just so they can get more leverage. Yes, that, that really does happen. Never from creation talent agency, that's for sure, but that really does happen. Uh, and then, you know, some people will say, oh, wow, uh, Barcelona's interested in this player. We got to get interested in this player. And, 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 you know, sometimes teams do that. Sometimes teams do that to pressure, to put pressure on other teams to extend an offer or, or not make an offer. And yeah, it's messed up. I know. Welcome to the life I try to live and, and, and dissect, right? Uh, so when teams know what they need, which obviously is a constant change, coaches or scouts or sport directors or GMs begin to reach into their network to spread that word. Sometimes they go through one agency. Sometimes they go through all agencies. Sometimes they send mass emails to which I usually never respond to because those are the type of transactional people that I don't like to work with. Once it, once it seems transactional to me, whether I'm talking to another agent or another team or whoever or a scout. No, thanks. I end that conversation real quick. Uh, then what typically happens is when an agent gets that information, especially more so overseas agents, they will hit up other agents. And that's typically, look, again, take this with a grain of salt. It's just how I operate. Doesn't mean that um, it's not the right way to do it, but I do not operate by just, uh, you know, going, going off of a list or, you know, going through what another agent has an opening for. I'm just sharing how it works and how I do business. I just don't do that. But so you know, let's just say a, 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 an agent that's in a certain country overseas, they get the information, hey, this, 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 and this team are looking for this, 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 and this. They put it on an email and a text and they send that out to their network. And then it just continues to, 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 to uh, spider web out to everyone. Uh, and most people have the same openings in quotes, right? So for example, the past few days I've gotten texts, uh, you know, hey, Kevin, I have an opening in the first division of, of the UK or, or, or uh, the second division of the Spanish market for, for next year. You know, teams are looking for a point guard for 1.5K or a forward who can spread the floor for 2000, 2000 a month. Or, you know, I need someone with NBA experience. We need a shooting guard for Turkey for 85,000, et cetera, et cetera. And again, my response is pretty much always the same. Thanks for thinking of me. I work directly with teams. You know, of course, unless it's a close relationship and there's a market or a specific team I don't know or work with, which is rare, but obviously I'm, I'm humble enough and aware enough to have an open mind and no, I don't know everybody in the world. Um, I just don't agree with the business model and don't like splitting revenues with people who don't necessarily do anywhere near the same amount of work that I do, um, just in regards to my clients, not, not in regards to their clients or like their work ethic. But if you start to, to factor in multiple agents, the risk is always on 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 me, right? Always on the first agent. So, anyways, that's another topic that we've talked about before. We're not going to go down that path again. Um, the point here is some agents just uh, just kind of send out those lists, and then it's not necessarily like the team asks them to fill the spot or work with that agent uh, exclusively. They just send these lists, and then it it becomes a game. It becomes a game of who can deliver the information the fastest and get options of players, and then get that list to the team, and then get a contract the quickest and 
So you can imagine, um, excuse my French here, but it's just a clusterfuck of lists going around, right? It's just, it's, it's a nightmare and, uh, and it's transactional. And so I don't like to operate that way. I know I've probably lost clients and business um, because I don't operate that way, but that's okay. I'm, I'm not going down the path. I just don't believe in it. Um, and so I, I think I told this story uh, earlier about, uh, maybe early on in the podcast about one coach uh, just casually bringing it up to me in conversation, like, hey, you know, I had, he said, you know, this, this was, I think, two years ago. So before the pandemic, it was a, a team in the fourth division of Spain. And the coach said, Kevin, I, ha- I sent out an email that I had an opening for 300 euros per month plus meals. And within a week, he had 250 emails to sort through. I mean, that is crazy, right? If that doesn't tell you the market is oversaturated, I don't know what does. So, I want to give you a few more specific examples, and I'm going to share a couple of emails or texts that I've received this week, all of which are teams that I obviously have a direct relationship with, and I've received this information because I've either had a player there, or I've worked with them before, or I visited them before, um, or simply because I built a relationship to a point where they trust me and would be interested in working with my future client or simply receiving uh, information from me. So. I'm, I'm going to keep obviously names out of it and, and, and I'm not even going to say all the countries, um, but I just want to give you specific pieces of information so it can peel back the curtain and you really understand how these conversations get started. So one of them um, is from a coach in the second division of Italy. And he hit me at the end of April asking about a, a few specific American players, which all happen to not be my clients. Uh, it just happens a lot because um it's just, it, there are players that he saw either followed me on social media, or he knew that I was aware of and asked for information. That's how this business works. And so anyways, I gave him, gave him information, um, you know, to my, to my knowledge about those players. And then after that, we just kind of set up a time for us to catch up on the phone and on zoom. I always like to do that on zoom so I could see faces and I don't just rely on a transactional text. Um, and so we talked, you know, the last week of April, and essentially he just filled me in on what he's going to be, uh, what he's going to be looking for uh, in for, for next season, right? And they're they're not completely done yet. Um, actually, at this point, they are they they are done with the season. But um, so they're in the second division, right? So it's also important. Another learning point that the imports always, of course, they always changed. And so next year, they're only going to have two visas in the second division of Italy to give out for import players. Now, if they, they can use those two visas as they please, whether it's an, it's a European union player, like a Bosman player. So for example, a player from, uh, you know, like France, um, or an outside country, just not Italian, or they can use it for an American player. Now, if they use it for a Bosnian player, they would not need to get them the import visa. They would still count as the import, but they wouldn't have to use one of those two visas. So let's just say that they bring in two Bosman players as their two imports, and they end up cutting those two Bosman players. They, they can still refill those positions uh, with two other imports, and those can still be American guys because they didn't use the visas yet. Now. If they started with two American players and they got and they used both of those two visas to get the players into the country, they would take those two import spots. And if they happened to if they wanted to cut those two American players, they could 
but then they can only refill those spots with Bosman players because the, the visas are already used. They can't issue another visa, like a third visa. Hopefully I explained that correctly and that makes sense to you. Anyways, so we got on the phone. He updated me about what he's looking for. And um, so he, here's here are the bullet points of what he's looking for. He's looking for a guy who's ready for the next step of his career. He wanted to stay away from like NBA level guys or really high level experience guys, although they obviously would help on the court potentially. They aren't always hungry enough, right? And he wants somebody who has a chip on, on his shoulder and still has something to prove. He wants a younger guy. Uh, he wants the guy to be in the gym every single day that has fire inside of him. Sometimes he's been looking at places like Portugal or Hungary and Belgium for guys who are a bit under the radar, uh, but they've performed. And he looks for a guy that has taken a few charges during the season because that shows how much he really wants it. And he's not afraid to take a rookie from, from NCAA. So somebody that's about to graduate. Um, so, so those were kind of the, the, the criteria that he originally had told me. And then we talked about it back and forth a bit and gave him some options, you know, obviously of my clients. And then sometimes I like to share some other names if some of my clients are not of interest or they don't fill the spot. Um, so that was one example. Next example is from, and so that was a head coach, right? The next example is from a sport director of a team that has and will play in an international competition, um, Champions League or Euro Cup or FIBA Europe Cup. Uh, so those are the type of international competitions, right? This is a sport director of one of those teams. And I'm just keeping the country out of it now because, as I mentioned, sometimes the teams like to keep it between us. And uh, I respect it, of course. But if you're here listening to Sports Business Secrets, lucky for you, you get the inside scoop. And I, I, I will obviously keep it professional and not say any names or teams. Uh, but at the same time, it's good for you to hear how this works. And, and hopefully you're going to get that by peeling back that curtain and listening to what I have to say. So this sport director, here is the criteria for the sport director. They're looking for uh, essentially a handful of import spots in this specific league. They can, they can have at least four imports. Um, they're looking for a two, position two, position four, and position five, and hoping to bring in two position fives, one that starts and one that backs up. Uh, the two in the starting five need to have some serious experience, whether it's overseas or the G League. Uh, and the two needs to create for himself and for others, be able to play the pick and roll, be a decent shooter and a good defender. Uh, the starting five, the starting five needs to be dominant and intimidating on both sides of the court, needs to be a good rebounder and defender. And the budget for those are around 70 to 80,000 um, euros. And that's always negotiable. I mean, that's that's always negotiable or changeable whether it goes down a bit or up a bit, depending on how bad the coach really wants the guy and how much experience and market value the player has. Um, and then obviously the club to see the extent that which that is negotiable and where, you know, how much, how much budget they have. Now that's obviously a solid budget. Um, the other positions that I mentioned would be around 40 to 50 us, uh, us dollars, 40 to 50 K for the year. So Obviously, at the end, he said all players need to be hard workers, coachable, and have zero questions in their past about being a good teammate, which is huge. So you get any of these guys that fit all those criteria, and then it, you know, there's one report about how he was an ass to his teammate or how he got kicked out of practice or whatever it was. Then it's not for them, right? And so they're gonna they're gonna play in one of the uh, and then also he let me know that they will be playing in one of the international competitions. Depends on um, you know a few things and 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 the drawings and who qualifies, but they will be playing in one of those. So hopefully that gave you a bit of an insight on a different type of conversation. One was from a coach. One was from a sport director. Um, one was uh, one was an international competition and shared a little bit about the salary. 
Uh, and then the, ex the last example is from a team that I obviously I won't name, but again, they're looking now, this one was not looking for a player. And this is a, li a little bit more rare, but they're looking for a head coach. And um, it's a team I've worked with before. So obviously, you know, not a lot of teams just randomly email agents, especially American agents about filling in their coach position. But uh, they're in, let's call it an entry-level country, a respected first division, and teams in that league do play in an international competition, but they do not. And he reached out and asked if I had anyone in mind for a head coaching position. And, um, you know, I'll read some details about the position so you can learn more about the coaching market overseas. But before I do, for the record, this might surprise some of you. It's similar to players right? Until you make it, you're not making a lot of money as a coach and you have to earn your way up. So sometimes people say, oh, you coach overseas. And of course, if you make it the right place at the right time, or, you know, you're, you're, uh, you've worked for several years in one organization and, and, you know, they, they give you a great opportunity to keep moving up. Yeah. Maybe you can make lots of money in six figures and, you know, multiple hundreds of thousands of dollars, or, you know, if you make it to China, they, they're just notoriously known for having a high, high budgets for their coaches too. But outside of that, you, you got to grind it out and you got to you, you really got to earn it. Um, and so I'm going to read uh, a little bit of the of the details for you. So the the position that that uh, they have set has a few criteria. And here's what they expected the the candidate to meet: has experience as a head coach for a semi pro or a professional men's basketball team has interest in working with both professional players as well as the development or younger player, uh, is a firm leader with good people skills, has a very structured approach to preparation, planning, and execution, and can prepare film for both individual development and preparation. The main job is going to be co to, to coach, obviously, the main team, um, but there might be some work with the national team players and young talents as well. Um, and then uh, besides the full responsibility of, of coaching, there's also potentially some other assignments in the community to coordinate some special projects or uh, to participate in practices with a, a youth basketball academy that they work with. And what their offer is, and this is just kind of baseline just from the beginning, is $1,500 US per month for a 10-month contract. Uh, they get a certain amount of meals per month with that. They get their own apartment and they get their flights paid for. And they're preferably looking for a two-year deal. Now, that was that that was mainly all the details about uh, that coaching position that I was sent. And then, you know, obviously went back and forth a little bit and and, and recommended some coaches. And um, you know, it's uh, it, it looks like they're, they're they're probably going to interview one of them. But that that was kind of the conversation that we had. And so, uh, you know, I like to think that those three examples shared some pretty valuable insight that you most likely haven't heard before. If you did, great. But if not, I'm glad that you tuned in for it here. And so if you learned something new today, I would love it if you can do me a huge favor and do one of a few things or all of them, if you so please. Number one, send it to someone you think might benefit from it, whether it's an aspiring coach that wants to get overseas or an aspiring scout or an aspiring pro, especially, or somebody in college or somebody in high school. Please send it to them. Um, just you know, you can just send it to them in a text or email to, email them the link because I think that a lot of people would would benefit greatly from hearing this, especially current pros and and very close to aspiring pros. Uh, number two, share it on social media: Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, whatever. Just share it. You can tag me if you want to. You don't have to if you don't want to. But the more people that see this, the better. And then number three. As always, I'd love for you to leave a review and a comment on Apple Podcasts. That would mean the world to me. So 
I appreciate you tuning in. This one, well, this was a long one. What, what are we at? 20 minutes right now? Yeah, almost 20 minutes. So uh, that was fun. That was a good one. And hopefully it gave you a little bit more insight into the life of, uh, of an international agent. Have an amazing day. We'll see you back here tomorrow morning at 6 a.m. Thank you so much for listening today. If you enjoyed this episode, it would mean the world to me if you could give it a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. And if you're feeling really crazy, you can even share it on social media. As always, if there's a topic you want me to talk about further or a guest you would love to hear on the podcast, just shoot me a message on social media at Kevin Tarka. Thanks again, and I'll see you here tomorrow morning on Sports Business Secrets.